There is treasure in and beyond your pain. What you seek is seeking you, beloved. To feel, transmute and alchemize pain is your power. And this power is within you right now. If you'll only give yourself permission to access it. To tune in to the truth of who you are. To allow the healing of your soul. Self-healer. Rise. Hi beautiful beings, I hope you're all well. Today I'm going to be sharing a conversation that I had with Amanda Flaker. You may know her from the podcast, We Are the Original Technology. This conversation is so potent and I say that and I say it and I mean it and it just is just beautiful. Um, it really, Amanda's really addressing how we are to heal our relationship to sexuality and Oh, it just is such a beautiful, beautiful conversation. I love my conversations with Amanda. Um, she really dives into, dives deep into sexual connection, our personal power and resonance, how blocked energy affects us, the sacral chakra, the emotional body, boundaries around um, sex and sexual pleasure, the technology of our body is getting, oh, excuse me, <laughs> getting free from um, slavery and lack um the link between um sexuality and creativity and what i found really interesting um and it is the the one perspective that has slightly expanded my consciousness when it comes to the narcissist as well is what will actually heal the narcissist um the victim aggressor savior paradigm so this really is a potent conversation and ah i just love that i get to share it with you Without further ado, here's Amanda Flaker. My intention for this call, and I, I think this is yours too, and when we've like prepped about it, is to have a tantric conversation with the grid, mm-hmm. to the grid workers, to the heart of humanity, and and just strengthen us from the inside out. You know, strengthen humanity from the inside out by like allowing ourselves to enjoy to the like utmost degree every moment, savor every moment of this kind of connection. Mm, I love that you just like you did just dive in really deep and I was just gonna dive in deep with something that I want you to share on would you talk would you talk about uh, the link between sex and creativity yes this I think has been probably the thing that I've been most interested in my whole life when I think back even to my youngest memories because I always had such a powerful urge and Rachel, who I've been doing some work with um, on the Gen Magic class, she's the one who has really helped awaken me to what that means, what urge mm-hmm. and what it is to be a powerful, what she would call urge woman or urge man or urge human or what to identify as, but mm-hmm. that you have urge. And that urge is what creates life. That urge is what pulses through our body in any given moment and gives us information and data it helps us navigate our reality. It, it's letting us know what it wants, what it needs in order to expand because it, all it wants is to expand. All it wants is to be, to express itself. And that urge is what has been enslaved in the lack matrix. Mm-hmm. We create a that has been redirected and used to serve 
a reality, an illusion reality that says there's not enough, as we talked about last time, that, that mm-hmm. the core programming is there's not enough. So we, we, we imprison and enslave our urge because we believe there's not enough. And we, we hold it back. We suppress it. And because we don't believe there's enough of it, enough creative, enough life, real life. Life is about moving forward. It's about expansion. It's about solutions. It's about pleasure. It's about joy. It's about coming together. It's about unique chemical compositions that create anomalies and create mm-hmm. miracle phenomenon. That is life. It's meant to be miraculous. It's not just some hamster wheel experience that that numbs us out to being alive. And that's why urge matters. It's why primal instincts matter. And I realized as I've been the biggest thing for me understanding my creative energy, my sexual energy, has been understanding that it's okay to enjoy my physical experience, my physical my physical expression of the body in every way. Meaning like even Right here, right now in this conversation, my mm-hmm. inner urge told me, I told you this at the beginning of the call, but my inner urge told me, get up, grab these certain crystals, grab this feather, like put these, and I was so, I felt like I, it didn't come from a frantic place. It came from like, ooh, this, these are the essences I want in this conversation because mm-hmm. I can feel the people who are listening to this. This, this is creative energy. When our urge meets the mind, meets how we're feeling in our body. That expression is creative in nature and it creates worlds. It creates realities. It's innovation at its core. And that is what humanity is asking for, is innovation, something. And creative energy matters now more than ever because the war drums are beating. And when we go to war, we don't make love. We don't make anything new. And we've gone to war for thousands and thousands of years. The same matrix being played out, the same human story, the same victim, aggressor, savior paradigm. No change is made. The only thing that happens is power changes hands. And then we start the victim, aggressor, savior paradigm again by just enslaving someone else or something else or some other some other programming that says, okay, now you're the bad one and we're the good one. And now let's play the same exact game. We'll just flip roles. And we that gives us an illusion of change, but it doesn't awaken us to our urge. What is the real urge? Why are we going to war? What do we want out of war? Because mm. the real urge is to enjoy life. The real urge is for every one of us is that we could just enjoy our lives and feel safe and feel loved and feel witnessed and have communion and experience new things and be present to nature where your primal instincts are on. That's that creative energy that expresses itself through our sexual energy mm-hmm. that we engaging with at all times through our energy field, through the way we show up, through the way we are being. That's the real art on a 5D level. How are we communing with each other? That's the ultimate sex. That is so beautiful. I'm just like, I just have I am existence in my mind mm. and when you said when we go to war we don't make love I was thinking well war backwards is raw so it's almost like you're showing up in your raw creativity and your raw sexuality and being able to 
feel safe within that and give yourself like permission to feel safe in your raw sexuality and your raw creativity without anybody else telling you how you should show up and how you should be and you know uh, wow yeah I am existence is all that's coming to me there that was so powerful Amanda you nailed it like you just nailed it that that is the key that is the part that I'm learning that showing up raw being vulnerable allowing yourself to be seen that's the only way to have good sex it's the only way to have good communion the only way to have good connection you nailed it being raw vulnerability it requires so much vulnerability to be a creator Mm. oh and it it reminds me then when you were saying um like sex not just being um well you didn't say it but it's what I I interpret it as (laughs) like sex is not just this uh physical act it truly is this connection and I think like when we're when we feel safe in our bodies then we feel safe to make that connection with another you know so exactly because our bodies it's not just about the physical pleasure like from physical touch but it's about the, the pleasure in the subtle ways through the way our emotional and energetic bodies interact with resonance itself, with the quality of thoughts, with the mm-hmm. quality of words, with the, with the quality of, of this, what we're observing and, and the story and the narrative we're observing it through. All of that has a physical component that we do translate in the body. And the best sex, the best tantra, the best lovemaking with life comes in all the subtleties and the nuances and slowing down and the poetry and the the presence of being. Mm. It's so different. You approach life so different when you approach it from tantric space rather than from uh, I have to prove space. So I'm an, I have to prove at all costs. I have to win at all costs. That's not about feeling good because you easily <laughs> watch it. People completely sacrifice pleasure. It's one of the first things to go. You can't feel pleasure if you're going to be successful or you can't, you know what I mean? Or like mm-hmm. worthy if you don't suffer. I love that. Cause it's like when, when I, when I'm feeling into my own sensuality, what you said there about love, uh, making love with life mm-hmm. and being present with your own being to me, that's what sensuality is. And it's kind of like, I don't know what your thoughts are um, on sexuality and sensuality, but I do feel like, people see sexuality as like the act of it mm-hmm. as opposed to it being you just being present with yourself and I, th- I feel that like that's what sensuality is it's like you just being present with with existence and with yourself you know so exactly yeah I think that what what happens when we tune into our own pleasure our own like deliciousness in the moment like collecting mm-hmm. everything that feel good to us tuning in and getting really good at tuning in to what feels good it creates a vibe around us that is magnetic it's just yeah. magnetic. that is sexual energy. you nailed it like that's exactly what it is it's not about the act of anything because if you don't have that magnetism it feels like rape anyway life feels like rape if you don't want it and you're doing it anyway wow yes oh my god it's like you like I was literally just as you were speaking about making love with life, I was literally, I could feel the waters in my mouth, the saliva in my mouth. And I was just like, yeah, I am existence. And it, it does, it was like, when you're not in that place of sensuality, it's almost like it's like that inversion or it's going, it's like you're in like a backwards place in life. Oh my God, that was so powerful. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 
Well, and even in this, like one thing I've been teaching or experimenting with, and I have this private group, it's called Tantric Entrepreneurs. And Mm -hmm. I just like a little experiment with it because there's been so much coming through about how I think a lot of entrepreneurs, empath entrepreneurs in particular, are because they're empath, they're meant to be tantric in their way of being with their quote unquote work. And it needs to, and, and when the more, like everything matters when it comes to being tantric in the way we approach our lifestyle, because even the words we use, like even when I said the word work, it didn't feel right. I'm, I'm, I'm cultivating pleasure and I'm cultivating it more and more strongly in my resonance field. And that's creating a magnetism. And because I'm talking about it and sharing my experience about what it's like to cultivate pleasure and break free from shadow contracts and from just being a, having your creative energy siphoned off to serve lack, people that also want that and desire that naturally find me, naturally are attracted to me, naturally yeah. further the conversation like you do in this moment. And that mm-hmm. creates it's like a deeper intimacy with that same conversation that was going on in my head. And now, now you all of a sudden showed up in my reality and we're having it together at a deeper level. And it, it just, it's like, it encodes it even deeper in your resonance field, which makes you even more of a match to that world, to that resonance. And you start seeing like, oh, Tantra is my, like, it's my vehicle to just travel to the realms and the spaces that I want to experience. And I have a say in that. I, I, I have a say in, I, and I, it, I speak that and I think it and I be it. And that's how I vote for it. Mm, and it's it's almost like sexuality or more specifically sen- your sensual energy or just you in your I am existence presence it's almost like that's the currency isn't it rather than it being money because I think money is money is associated with your sacral chakra right mm-hmm. so really yeah. it's not even money it's 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 your emotions and your sexuality that's the actual real currency of money isn't yeah. it it's the real exchange. It's sexual energy. And that's why the deeper part of this conversation, and it's so relevant for right now, what's going on collectively on the grid, is the most sacred energy grid workers are sex workers. Yeah. In the deepest, the deep, no matter what side of the matrix you're working on, if you're a sex worker, even if you're on the, the lack matrix side of it, you are it you are privy to the most vulnerable places on the grid which means and you're transmuting energy on the most vulnerable places in the grid i think this is why jesus hung out with prostitutes because when they shift their energy and include themselves in the equation and allow their resonance to expand allow themselves to enjoy and take pleasure in their own existence instead of hating it they can heal the grid we can heal the I'm going to ask you this because I think it relates to um, sex work. But, you know, in our first podcast, we we did speak on um, religion and its suppression of sexuality and its effects on us. What would your thoughts uh, be on the extreme end of religion? Sort of like the kind of like have sex with whoever, whenever. Yeah. Are the boundaries, are the boundaries to still be conscious of? Of course, because the pro and I, I can speak from my personal experience because I, I kind of swung from not for long periods of time, but from the extreme religious side to like, well, I need to explore the other side. So and I <laughs> because I didn't develop any discernment whatsoever when I was in the extreme like Christian view of it, like 
my growing up, my, my mom told me what sex was, but the only rule was like, don't have sex till you're married. But there was nothing <laughs> like nothing about, oh, you're an explicitly internally instinctively sexual being. And this is one of the most important things about you and cultivating this is your literal life force and your magic and your magnetism. It'll help you literally manifest the world that you desire in your heart. This is sacred. So you be like, spend it wisely, invest it wisely, invest it, like get to know it. What is it? What do you truly want? The more you can cultivate this urge, because it's what I realized having been on both extremes. I mean, I've never been a prostitute, like I've never been paid to have sex, but I have had casual sex and I've done it multiple times. And, and I was curious about it. I was like, well, because I had such the other extreme programming. And what I learned is that sometimes there there was a couple of times that they were like such an upgrade to my reality, just like a super big upgrade for me. And then times it was absolutely felt a hundred percent out of alignment. And what I realized was it was whether or not I was truly tuned into what I wanted or was yes. I doing it for reasons that that's it. Like it was as simple as that is. It, and I, when I say what I really want, and this is how you navigate abundance is it a win for the, is it a win, win, win for the whole Trinity, your body, your mind, and your heart. If it's not a win, it's not a win because it means you're sacrificing something and you will always regret a sacrifice or you have to pay it back. It's that loop of lack that never, it never extinguishes itself because you keep sacrificing. And then it's this empty thing you're trying to get life out of. And it's only this temporary moment and it doesn't even fulfill you on any level anymore because like your soul is actually wanting something so much different. You're, and then you feel guilty about that you're having sex or whatever it is that you're doing because this could be for anything that we indulge in. But then the guilt comes in and then we think there's something wrong with the very desire to be alive because that's what sex is. That's how we create life. It's the mm -hmm. most primal thing about us. And this is another thing that Rachel teaches through Urge is, a, is that our primal instincts are key in connecting to our urge, our sexual energy, and to getting in alignment with it. And so I would say as an empath entrepreneur, I realize that if I don't have urge, and if I'm not connected to my primal instincts, I can't navigate my business well. And I also navigate it really different than other people, and especially different than the typical male-dominated way of doing business, which is very like divide and conquer like in order you have to win and it's a competition and I'm not in that's not I want to cultivate pleasure and I want to cultivate it with people who also want to cultivate it and in that create heaven on earth and just make the whole grid feel better because we just care enough to when you're on a walk to leave a crystal for someone and a little note that lets them know they're loved I found stuff like that so many times it inspired me to leave stuff myself and then you're like wow like so cool that someone just did that you know like like why not more of that <laughs> that's a tantric conversation right there I love that cultivation of competition mm -hmm. I love it and like I, I'm going back to what you said about um when you're not feeling good when, when you are having sex with someone that's the way that I wasn't showing up for myself that's especially when sex just didn't feel right and it was it was literally not having that um mind heart and body exactly being present and being in my I am present I am I am existence moment mm -hmm. and it just it just it, it literally did uh it created a lot of guilt so does that block your heart chakra then so you not only 
you not only have a, a block sacral chakra but then obviously that that would block your heart too surely of course yeah I think that makes total sense because the most intimate aspect like to get the true depths out of our sacral chakra out of the waters we've got to feel safe and like like there's trust there and so we can just totally experience it but if we feel unsafe if our heart chakra is closed then that energy of creation, which is so powerful, suddenly starts to distort into feeling like something scary. Mm. And then again, sorry, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, then it makes us fear ourselves. Wow. And then, of course, because sex is still related to the root chakra too, so mm-hmm. would that close your root chakra too? Isn't it like, obviously, the way I, in my experience of my chakras and my energy centers, it's like if one is off, it, they're, they're all off. Yep, that's exactly it. Because it's just energy moving through the body and the chakras, even if people who are listening don't literally believe in chakras, it's they're, they're actually very symbolic for where emotions are carried in our body typically. And this is something that you can study. And most people feel certain emotions like grief in the heart area or like when they feel like they can't really speak or they're feeling insecure about what they have to say their throat shock it's like the energy will get stuck in their throat so it is where emotion it's like the energy centers where emotions move so yeah they're meant to life force is meant to always flow and it expresses itself very uniquely through our physical bodies like we're not just spirit the mirac one of the most miraculous parts about creation is our bodies because it's like carries so much data there we are like computers but we are like the most ultimate advanced organic tech on the planet mm-hmm. you know like uh, the way we carry data in our blood and our like every aspect of how the body works and what bring, brings it together and how it all functions together and it's all ultimately one living organism but there's so many separate functions like it's so miraculous and my point is, is that anywhere where there's energy off, it's going to affect everywhere in the body. Mm. And some centers are more directly affect, affected. And I think you're 100% right about the sacral chakra. If we're shut down sexually, we're naturally going to be shut down in our heart chakra because we don't trust. We're going to feel insecure because we don't trust. So our root chakra is going to be affected. It's probably going to overcompensate in our throat chakra where we have to be cocky or... Yeah. or Post all the time because we don't actually feel secure you know or we get that narcissist energy Mm. so it's really none of it's right or wrong all that's actually ever happening is energy is getting blocked somewhere and getting bloated somewhere else Mm. it's like a science in and of itself isn't it really Mm -hmm. and that's why it's so important that this part this under this part of understanding what we are as humans is key for humans to be set free from lack because all we have to do is include ourselves in the equation which means includes our our tech our tech matters if we get our tech straightened out our programming straightened out we're going to actually function way better as a whole world as a whole global world because there's nothing wrong with our tech it's just been infiltrated it's been hijacked oh my heart sunk when you said include ourselves yeah and it's almost like we've 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 so neglected ourselves Mm -hmm. I actually saw uh it was on I think it was on Kristen Bell's Instagram I follow her and she posted it was a it was a joke and it was cute but she posted this sign that said like dogs 2020 2020 because humans suck and the (laughs) truth I I got it and I laughed but I also was like 
I felt this like sadness in my heart because I'm like humans are actually miraculous and they've been fucking enslaved for a millennia and they're getting free right now. Humans have been enslaved for millennia and they are getting free. And the like, it, I just think it's not the humans that suck. It's the fucking matrix. It's the lack matrix programming that infiltrated and took over. The mind like, virus. The mind, exactly. The mind virus, the hive mind. And, and I don't know why it happened or how it happened or there's lots of different reasons why, but we know we've been hijacked. And, and we know also that all that really has happened is we forgot that we have personal power, that we have... <laughs> have a say we can say no literally no we can actually shift our resonance and which is the most powerful way to vote and that's what I was saying like my point of saying all of this of why it's important to understand our tech rather than just criticize us and humans are bad let's beat humans let's like that's an extinction yes so how can you step into tantra and at the same time hold an energy that humans are bad and they need to be punished. And by the way, this is not anything against Kristen Bell. It was a cute post. But it just, no. made, like, it just made me think, wow, like, it, it's sad that humans are actually really hurting right now. There's, like, it's, there's a deep trauma because of being deeply enslaved. There is a trauma that's coming to the surface. And it, it needs to be fully cleansed out the water element. And sexual energy is what's going to help cleanse it. So that's why including your pleasure, everyone just shifting slightly, not just to go bang it out with someone. It's to make love to life, to yeah. care about how you feel, care about how everything feels. This, if, if this conversation feels good, move into it. When parts of it don't, move, move towards what does or talk about what doesn't or whatever. But like we can adjust, we can shift, we can communicate. We, we all, like everyone wants to experience pleasure. That's what we all think we're moving towards. That was just uh, it, uh, deep trauma coming to the surface. Mm-hmm. Like people are truly, truly, truly hurting. And, mm-hmm. and that's why, like, to me, at least this is where I am in my, you know, in, in my own journey. I don't like to say the word journey, but I, I always use it anyway. But um, I don't like labeling people or things bad and good it's just like when you realize that yeah humanity we have been enslaved Mm -hmm. we have been hijacked it's like people are just trying to get through life and they don't even realize that they have that power and they they can have a connection to themselves they can feel good they can feel safe yep and And they don't know how exactly people don't know how and as soon as we do that, as soon as we do what you just said, like tune in, allow ourselves to matter, include ourselves in the equation, we change the equation of the lack matrix. That's how, and it shifts, that's what creates phenomenon. In the lack matrix, we believe no change can happen unless we dominate other people and force them to do what we want them to do. We have to force our will in order for our will to be done. And that's why we have this zero tolerance for certain things we don't want to hear and just silence people and shut them up. And like that kind of energy, although sometimes you need to, sometimes you need a boundary when you're protecting someone, you know, like there, it, again, it all comes back to discernment. There's no thing that's wrong. It's just like what is in the moment appropriate. Some things in one moment are totally appropriate. And in another moment is like the poison in the whole situation. 
And so discernment is key. And going back to sexual energy, if we've grown up our whole lives fearing our sexuality or believing it's bad or wrong and having no idea how to cultivate pleasure, because part of pleasure is having pleasant conversations with people like where we can be different and really different and have different ideas and different like theories and even come from way different backgrounds. But when we can be present and speak as humans to another human that's also hurting and has also been fucking programmed, no matter what side of the program they've been on, like then it's like creates a different kind of energy quality in the conversation. And even a debate can become so intensely sexual and like, mm-hmm. fuck, I want to have this debate with you. Like, let's mm-hmm. do it, you know? And you can respect each other through it. But it's like, in the lack matrix, we, we see this in politics. It's this isn't. It's like, how well can you insult someone and make them feel stupid? And then yeah. we stage and go, oh yeah, watch this guy insult this guy and make him feel like a dumbass. Oh, now he's better. Like, I go, I just, to me, it's like disgusting. I don't even like being a part of it. Exactly. It feels yucky even watching it. Yeah, like exactly. dirty, like completely out of alignment sex. <laughs> I always say to people when I'm, and this is just because I watch what happens uh, to my heart and my ego from within myself. Like if, if somebody wants to have a an argument with me, I just watch how we're both responding to each other as, as human beings. And I don't like where it's going. It's almost like, we're not even present in this moment together. We're not mm. listening to each other. It's just ego against ego where we're just trying to prove each other wrong. So exactly. I always, yeah, I always give people the opportunity to kind of, and this is this is more to do with myself than it is to correct anyone else's way of being, but just to be able to kind of like give somebody the opportunity to kind of share your perspective, share your thoughts and share your beliefs but with the with the mind frame of like leaving that space to actually listen to me mm-hmm. and I can listen to you too it's not about anyone proving anybody wrong you know exactly. it, just, it really well, does make me feel yucky too it does because what it what happens when we get into the mind and start like navigating a conversation with someone via our mind and we're not in the body is that we're not including our sensitivities anymore that's how we numb out to each other because we're we're being defensive or reactive. So we're putting walls up and that's why it doesn't feel good. And then we're still trying to force conversation without having the trust there. You know what? I'm sorry. My, someone's doing something really loud outside my window. I'm going to shut it really quick. So it doesn't <laughs> quality. Hold on a sec. Like, I, can't hear it. I can't hear it anyway, my love. It's okay. <laughs> you can't hear it? No, it's fine. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll still shut it. You gotta be in your body, not just in your mind. I, we do gotta be in our body. I stood up and my foot is asleep from where I was sitting. And I totally fell. <laughs> I love my, what you just said then the about. Uh, is, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I literally just want to just. I love what you said about when we're not in our body and we're only in our minds. We tend to be more reactive, mm-hmm. and we're not we're not responding. I love that because there is a difference between reacting and responding, isn't there? So, especially. Yeah. If we have, if our goal, this is what I realized, you have to really tune into what is my intention in this? Like, what is my ultimate intention besides just being right in the moment? Like, what do I want out of this in the end? What would I hope this person walks away with in this interaction? And when we don't consider that, usually all that happens, especially in, 
in like debate kind of conversation is, is each person walks away just either feels more justified in their ego or more angry and wanting to be more justified. And so pulling deeper into the war, you know, instead of like, oh, I walked away with a totally different perspective. I may not agree with them, mm-hmm. but I didn't see it that way. And that's interesting that there's people who think that way. And what is that? What, what kind of essence does that create in the world? And what does it do when I feel it in my emotional body and my energetic body when I feel it, like feel what they're saying versus just like hearing their trigger words and responding like, oh, you said this word, you said that word. And instantly you think of all these things that you're angry about that's related to that word. That's how programming works. But when we include our energetic and emotional body in a conversation, and that's, I think, as empaths, we forget all the time empaths tend to, tend to just leave their body because they don't feel safe. So they stop connecting with how their emotional body feels and how their like energetic body feels, or they pull back from it and get in their head because they don't feel safe. But if we can lean into it and know, oh, I can change something. I, um, My sisters and I made this game up that we are allowed to, every time we talk, it's hard to explain the game, but the idea is that in a conversation, you're always aware that you can bring any element you want. So at any point, if the conversation starts feeling uncomfortable you and you feel it in your emotional body, you tune into, okay, what feels better? I'm going to, and you do this in your mind, I'm going to mm-hmm. add like rose quartz energy, or I'm going to say this, or I'm going to, I'm going to move in this way. And it, and you observe the way it changes the energy in the whole room. And what, from playing this game, I realize I have way more influence on this conversation than I even realized like in in terms of how it feels I don't have influence I can't change them but I can change what I'm doing which changes them because it changes the equation it changes the version of them I'm lining up to Mm. so like sovereignty is so key knowing like I as soon as I'm uncomfortable in any conversation or any interaction I don't have to immediately bolt but if I want to, I can, but I can stay present to myself for a second and say, what do I need? How can I stay present, but also give myself what I need in this moment? And it might be saying something or adjusting a certain way or same in sex. Like we talked about that in Tantra, you know, like it's all about tuning into your pleasure and moving accordingly. And then you communicate with each other, like what feels good? What Like your intention in the conversation is always to feel better. That's all that matters. Like if you want mm-hmm. heaven if you truly want change, and that's what people fight about, because we really think, okay, we see atrocities, and we all have different fault lines. So what triggers me and gets me fired up is going to be directly connected to where I've been wounded. And what we typically do is then go to war. Like, so we, so we're trying to protect our child self or where we've been wounded by going to war with what we perceive as the enemy. And that's okay. Like that, that's good for dialogue and just getting things out, getting like, we, we get a lot of data through intensity and through war but if our if our ultimate goal is restoration if our ultimate goal is heaven on earth then the tactics got to be different than the extinction program Mm -hmm. like just war at all costs i'm going to dominate you at all costs it's got to be a way if i'm if healing and restoration is truly what i want for the planet because i'm outraged at the trauma and the programming the the trauma the programming caused then what approach can i take that would actually be a part of healing part of restoration and what i've noticed is what switches in our in our resonance field which is making love to the grid at all times or going to war is that instead of fighting the enemy 
we actually give all our attention to the wounded, to the to the one the ones in our fault line that we care about, or truly the wounded one in us. No, because people want to be heard, don't they? So without that connection, they're not going to be heard. Exactly. We need to be. We need every human, even the criminal, even the most vile being on the earth in order to wake up needs to be witnessed not judged witnessed it's a big mm-hmm. difference mm. that's something I've struggled with with obviously because you know you know I've been really transparent uh with my journey I've just been really transparent about it but that's uh, something that I I, did, I think we, I did mention I did ask you about this in the last podcast that we did together um I think I mentioned about what do we do about narcissists mm-hmm. and you spoke about just not giving our power away to them mm-hmm. and that 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 in itself I, I don't know if you spoke about that in the podcast or it might have been a conversation we had outside of the podcast I think it was yeah actually. yeah yeah um in that it you know if we're not giving our power away then it, it will over time or hopefully it will over time cause them to go within themselves and get them their power from themselves. Exactly. They need to see themselves. And most of the time, what wow. impact in the in the empath narcissist dynamic dynamic, which can be the it's the lack matrix, it's slavery, it's anywhere where there's someone oppressing someone else, or someone feels indebted to someone else, or feels like they the other owes them a debt in some way. It's where we hoard power over each other. That kind of dynamic. It, it, that literally creates the lack matrix. It's it's the sacrifice matrix. It's the victim aggressive savior paradigm. But what happens often is that the the empath will take on how the narcissist feels and all the things that the narcissist is projecting that's not them. Because a narcissist doesn't. They can't. They can't be wrong. They can't be wrong. They can't be bad. They can't be because they. That's why they project out and then want to punish the rest of the world for being what they're the thing that they actually are trying to deny that's a part of them you know Mm -hmm. it's the very thing they're rejecting about themselves which is their humanity their heart their vulnerability their their sensitivity their any part of us that feels vulnerable to anyone or anything else that's ultimately what a narcissist is project like protecting and when an empath just absorbs all their projection and then takes it on and believes believes it they don't give the narcissist the opportunity to, to actually see that it's them, that they're rejecting themselves. It just confirms for the narcissist, yeah, that that's you, not me. It's you, not me. Like everyone around a narcissist is constantly con- confirming their beliefs and not telling them the truth out of whatever, for whatever reasons. Usually fear, guilt, and shame or some or empaths typically. That's why it's the empath dynamic, just absorbing it as if it's them. They like the impact of a hard time distinguishing who's what's me and what's you. So if a narcissist is going to tell me it's me, I'm just guess I'm going to believe it because that's how deeply I feel everything. You could probably, if someone is empathic enough who can impact the whole grid, they could literally impact a story of someone getting murdered and impact it to such a degree that their emotional body would read it as them. So if they were taking a lie detector test and they were speaking emotionally, they would fail the lie detector test. That's how powerful empaths are. And it's why they can be the scapegoat as well. Because they take it on like that. My heart just sunk like so deep listening to you say that. Because it was like, you were literally just talking about me. Wow. Yeah. I literally. 
Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, I, just just even what you said about um, narcissists need to see themselves, and I think empaths definitely. I'm going to be really careful with my words here. Like, I'm, I'm speaking about myself here. I felt like I was getting in the way of them seeing themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. Me too. It's exactly. It. Every time I've dated a narcissist or been really good friends with a narcissist, it's like <laughs> I could see clearly I'm the one that's prolonging this and I need but it's like what would prevent me from giving them the mirror is I didn't want to be mean or hurt them because narcissists are highly sensitive they're very highly sensitive Mm -hmm. and and usually they have a ton of trauma like narcissism they say what my therapist told me I've never researched it personally but he essentially said it's something that's considered uncurable which I don't think that everything's curable. If if empaths would reflect back to narcissists who they are, it would absolutely be cured. But it feels uncurable in a victim aggressor savior paradigm because it is uncurable because the empath will always take it on. The, the narcissist will never be held accountable if the, it, as long as an empath is internalizing it, leaving it to them, which is why the people who are most vulnerable on this planet, no matter what race they are, are the people who are the most empathic because they feel it as if it is them. And therefore it's in their resonance field as if it's them. They could fully take on someone's trauma to that level where their emotional and energetic field, their resonance itself would attract that same trauma. Like that if they don't transmute it. And that's why empaths need to learn how to transmute energy, release it, let it all the way in and let it through rather than being terrified of it. That was going to be my next thing that I wanted to ask you. But before I go on to that, you know, about transmuting energy, but what you said there, wow. Like before I heard that perspective, and I think it was from you actually, I literally, in my own experiences, like, no, there's no, there's no way these people can be healed. They're just, they're just incapable of going within. Mm-hmm. But until the empath stops being that scapegoat and, and allows the narcissist to see themselves, I think that would be the only thing. Like, I totally agree, agree with you. That would be the only thing because the narcissist truly do need to see themselves and, and they're not, they're not, you know, empaths are not giving. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's. It, this is the same, re- like this realization that we're talking about is the thing that keeps blowing me away. Like how simple it is. It, it's the more I do it, the more I do it. And I'm still learning. I'm not pretending I'm an expert at this, but the more I do it, the faster my momentum gets. My energy moves faster. My sexual energy starts flowing. I'm falling in love in every way. And life is just shifting. And it's because I started pulling the energy all the way through my body. And that means I had to get comfortable making people uncomfortable. I had to quit taking it on. Like their insecurities, I had to quit taking it for them. Mm-hmm. I had to stop. And I had to let them feel uncomfortable. Let them feel how it feels. Yes. Always holding on to how it feels. And that, but just before I forget, that that was what I, what I wanted to ask you. Like, how can we transmute energy in relation specifically to the sacral chakra, but however you want to approach that how can we transmute it you said yeah how do we transmute energy well i, I guess think it, it would relate to the sacral chakra wouldn't it um for sure i think there's a few things to it i really think learning how the emotional and energetic body work learning about chakras even if you don't literally believe them but learning about how to 
the movement of emotional energy in the body and getting getting some sort of ritual that's a daily basis thing where you move the energy in your emotional body and your mental body and your physical body. So you're moving your body in some way. That's why for me, everyone's different in terms of what's going to help them transmute it the most. But you got to listen to urge and tune into prime, like prime energy that just life itself, source itself, the beginning of all things. It's like being unplugged and just in that space of like pure, where pure energy is like tuning into that. And then moving, urging from that space. Literally, like I, I have a routine where every single day I do something where I'm connecting to my body, mind, and heart. I'm, it's my ritual. And it's some, it, one thing that Rachel teaches about urge too is that it wants something different every day. Like it doesn't usually always want the same thing. And it's true in sex. Like we like variety. It, when we, it's true of life. We want variety. And that's why I think the old model is very much like, here's what you do. Here's this routine and do it over and over and over and do the exact same thing 30 days. And what I've found personally with my urge, someone's urge may want that. Like someone's true urge may be for that kind of consistency. And, and that's why you have to listen because maybe their trauma is they never had any consistency. But for someone like me, I need consistency in the practice, but total variety in what the practice is. Mm-hmm. So I, my consistency is every day making sure I tune into my body, mind, and heart at the same time together. So doing something that I can, I can express and feel and, and be in my body and, and move my body, like experience fully being alive and fully being in tune with my source energy with the intention of shifting, like shifting energy out, moving energy in and that, and, and getting primal, like being in nature, all the things I think we talked about last time too. Mm -hmm. I think especially for empaths, the biggest thing is just to tune into how you feel and then allow your urge to tell you what feels better. Like how you feel is going to let you know where you are. And then your urge, because again, urge is so different for everyone. Like it's so sometimes what I found is that when I'm truly in touch with my urge, it asks me to do the weirdest things. Mm-hmm. It's just so unexpected. And, but I do it and it feels amazing, <laughs> you know, like, and I'm like, oh yeah, your <laughs> urge knows. that's your urge knows. And if everyone learned to navigate via urge, we wouldn't be going to war there because we would realize there's no enemy except for the pro- programming that we, the narrative, if there's an enemy, it's the narrative we're running through our head because it's either going to make us vulnerable to getting hurt or it's going to set us free. So we have all we have to do is go, what story am I telling? Am I and what which storyline am I acting on? Which narrative am I acting from? And is it coming from fear or is it coming from urge? What I really want. I love that. I, I love just touching on what we spoke about a moment ago. Um, the movement of energy through the emotional body is that has been huge especially since March it's like I've learned how to do it for myself in realizing that I've got energy blocked in one specific chakra um and it's like once I realize it and become aware of it and be in my I am I am existence uh presence it's like taking a huge breath and literally feeling that energy float and it's like instantly it just flows out of the body really quick and I'm just like wow that mm. is genuinely blocked energy in my heart, like where, where I felt like grief or sadness. 
once I'm aware of that blocked energy, it just it just flows out of the body, and that has been like huge. So wow. yeah, I went yes, that. it's been huge. Yes, that that you nailed it there too. Like becoming aware of it, becoming aware of it, and where empaths typically don't, why they don't become aware is because they're tuned into everyone else. Wow! Oh my God, my heart just sank again. So many yeah. heart sinks in this podcast. Mm. <laughs> sinking. Hear... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just was saying it's you're sinking right into your heart. That's the best place to be. Yeah. How can we heal our relationship um, with sexuality? For me, it's been healing my relationship to my body and the story I'm telling about it. And when I say body, I don't just mean how it looks, but how I feel inside of it, what I, how I allow it to move, how I like show up in it. Like it's been just the falling in love with my being, like literally with being in the body. Like I think healing our relationship to sexuality is completely falling in love with being in a body. And being... <laughs> Sorry, my heart's sinking. <laughs> well, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, my heart's just sinking at you talking. No, <laughs> no, I... not sinking in a bad way. I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's because this is needed. This conversation is needed. I can feel it in my soul because it's the, it's the conversation I needed. It's the conversation mm-hmm. I needed to. Oh, it's the conversation I need now it's it's like and I, I, I the more of us that tune in it's amazing how quickly it how how fast the momentum goes again phenomenon that's why I always say I'm I'm voting for 20 my my vote for 2020 is anomaly anomaly yes. 20, like this would be anomaly the more and you don't have to convince anyone it's like your own urge is, is already telling you your own urge has been speaking to you for a long time embrace it and see what happens phenomenon it's something different than we've done in the past it's anomaly and it's always like the people if you what I feel here in America anyway especially with an election year is that there's you know on if you're if you're online there's a lot of fighting and extreme like the narrative is more mm-hmm. polarized and more extreme than it's ever been on both sides and I'm at that point where I I got pulled in a couple <laughs> times and I fully see through it now and I'm like oh yeah this is how the game works. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Who's in the middle and what are they saying? That's the conversation I want to have. And I started tuning in to the to the people that are silent and not saying anything. <laughs> or like the like it's like the conversation that is being had, but it's being had like this. And it's being had in little podcasts. And it's being had in little private text conversations. And it's being had amongst like healers and energy workers and people that are seeing shit on the grid that they've never seen. And like when you tune into heaven on earth, it's like, holy shit, it's all set up. Like we are all like our urge as healers has never been stronger and there's never been more of like an allowing for it. Like again, the grid worker, the the sacred prostitute, that's what empaths are at the core. Like, because we are interacting with the quantum energy. It's so deep and intimate inside. It's so deep. And when you transmute, when you witness when you witness trauma, you take it as a part of you. So if you then reject it and go to war with it, you go to war with a part of you. Heaven on earth, holy shit, empaths are holy. Prostitute. Yes. That is going to be the fucking title of this podcast. Yes. I love it. That's the best. I love it. 
I was just basically just repeating what you said. <laughs> this wow. is what Scorpio sun and a Scorpio moon would come up with. Shit, no, serious, yeah. <laughs> yes, I knew intuitively straight away you were Scorpio sun, by the way. <laughs> I totally knew that. Um, Surprised when you told me, and especially knowing that you're a Cancer sun and a Scorpio moon, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, like that, you're that combo. Yes. Oh, man. It's, it's it's hard work just being in the waters all the time. I'm just like, mm-hmm. shit, where, where, where are the air signs and the fire signs and the earth signs? Just get me out of this water right now. <laughs> no, but you know what I love about the zodiac artifacts? But it's like, there's just so much variation that it's like, we're just all a beautiful mix of, I don't know. Just Oh, they're just all so beautiful. Ooh, you just oh. spoke, by the way, like your urge for more fire and more air in your reality like yeah and I think that is this conversation and I feel like people who are listening to this conversation there's a lot of fire and air and and air energy listening I can feel it and it's like Mm. this conversation so much more potent it like churns the water makes plasma like the most magical substance oh my god I love that I literally because I'm just like I'm just I'm just seeing my emotions all the time and it was like oh man I love it I just I, I appreciate fire signs and earth signs and everybody else because I'm just like man I'm just in my emotions all the time like yeah like all the time like um but because we've only got uh, 10 minutes left I wanted to ask you how can we use our sexuality to heal the planet right now and I know you've pretty much spoke on that but did you say to fuel the planet or heal the planet <laughs> heal. I couldn't tell the word it was heal okay <laughs> Both sound amazing. Yes. <laughs> we um, can use both. <laughs> well, I, I think it's we find our joy. Like, because the ultimate expression of sexual energy is joy. And then what we create in joy, our creations in joy heal the world. And what we need are creations. We need solutions. We need a vision. You know, because we we, we know the trauma. We, we've been studying for a long time the lack matrix, how it works, how it functions which is the whole enslavement paradigm. We've been studying that. We got all the data. Now we're asking grid workers, energy workers to turn on the abundance matrix. It's an inside job. It has nothing to do with trying to convince anyone of anything. Turn on your joy, turn on your pleasure, move towards it, make that your number one priority because heaven itself is made of pleasure, of joy. You can't enter it unless you're in your heart. So if you're in war, you won't ever experience heaven. But we're in war because we want heaven. Oh, wow. A light bulb moment. (laughs) Oh, wow. I'm just, oh, man. Sorry, go ahead. No, the thing is, for you in particular, what I wanted to say is when when you were talking about bringing the fire energy in, even right now, a tantric way that you can use your sexual energy in this moment even when you said i love fire energy i love earth energy or or air energy when you pulled it in it was here mm-hmm. and it and it was palpable and so you can keep pulling it like the second you want it you can have it you know and it's and it starts flirting with you in a very subtle way and then you can cultivate with me. <laughs> exactly exactly how you that's it that's your sexual energy right there your resonance field and it's not just the words you're saying or what you're voting for it's what you are being your what you are being has the most palpable potential to program the grid and that's why your sexuality matters because you are being the most in what you are 
having sex with or making love to, what you're raping or dominating or what you are experiencing and participating in and being present to. Mm. I always think, oh my God, that's just so deep. I always think that like, I've definitely made to trans, I don't want to say transmute them, but like transcend my birth chart or at least being like, I don't think I'm meant to stay in the water. Like my rising sign is Leo anyway. So I'm just like, oh, I, need more, I need more fire because that's, everybody else seems to just experience Amy Letitia as a fire sign. But I'm just like, trust me, that's just my rising sign. I'm all water. Like, but just... I could do with a bit more fire, please. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's falling in. I mean, and I think we can transcend anything in our resonance. We can become something entirely new in our resonance field. Like our chart was just what we were born with, but we absolutely can transcend it. I think Yes. I'm not an astrology master at all. I barely scratched the surface and I love it, but I think we can transcend anything, include, including death, including the lack matrix, including mm-hmm. like we need to have that program that all things are possible, not that nothing's possible. And we have to be reliant on a broken system because that's the only thing that works and barely works. But we all have just have to settle for it. No, we are innovative as shit. We can build whatever world we want. And it starts through building it and cultivating it in our own resonance field. That's the only way it's built on the planet because we are the we are the matrix, the matrix inside of us. So we change it inside and the outside changes. Holy shit. I love exactly heaven on earth 2020 anomaly 2020 get on board (laughs) (laughs) Amanda I love connecting with you I love connecting with you too it's great I'm so happy you popped into my reality it's been so fun getting to know you I know I just like came out of nowhere (laughs) watching YouTube for like years (laughs) (laughs) I love hearing how people find me because it's that reminder of algorithms don't matter resonance matters people find me in the most synchronistic weird ass ways like (laughs) I'm just like oh wow yeah that like that was heaven that was like that was divinely orchestrated I don't have to worry about that part I just got to get my resonance like as clear as a bell like heaven on earth anomaly 2020 like and not like that's what I'm living so that's what I attract is people who are also doing that and it's so fun because then you realize there are people on the earth right now that are literally creating heaven on earth that are not in that war paradigm at all. There's solutions behind the scenes that no one even sees. There's a whole different narrative happening that just because the media is not reporting on it doesn't mean it's not happening on it. And especially <laughs> because the media is reporting on it. That's how you know it's happening. Exactly. <laughs> so, Yeah. I'm so happy to be on the planet with you. Thanks for coming during this time. It's pretty epic. Yay!